Hey there, good evening and welcome back to Revolutionary Health. Revolutionary Health is a program of the Counter Narrative Project and the mission of the Counter Narrative Project is to build power among black gay men and to work in coalition and solidarity with all movements committed to racial and social justice. So you are joining us here on YouTube. I Please hit the subscribe button and make sure that you join us week after week and also hit the like button for this particular video as well. You can go ahead and join us on Facebook at Counter Narrative Project, on Instagram at The Counter Narrative, and on Twitter at Building Desire. So my name is Johnny Cornegay, and I am the Mobilization Director for The Counter Narrative Project, and I am joined with... Hey everyone, I'm Charles Stevens, and I'm with The Counter Narrative as well. And welcome back, Charles. This I know, been it's a been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. So I'm very excited about the being in being in the space. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a really important topic. So a couple of things, everybody. Um, there is a chat window right there. Yes. Uh, please join us for this conversation, right? Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Hey, John Jordan. Thanks for joining us this hey, evening. Hey, John. <laughs> and um, please put your questions and your comments in the chat box, and we'll get to as many of them as we can throughout this broadcast. Also, make sure you let your friends know to come on in. Share it on your social media. Let them please know that do. you're watching live, and then you can they can join in. So... We're going to have a pretty important conversation, right, that I'm sure will take a lot of twists and turns. Absolutely. Um, so, backstory, right? So we're going to talk about online hookups um, and safety. Mm -hmm. But, okay, so how did this come up, right? Yeah, we should probably tell the backstory. Yeah. yeah. So last week, um, we became aware of this, the murder of Adrian Ward in Houston. And um, Adrian was actually murdered on April 19th. Um, and we started to learn about this case last week as um, the person who has been accused of his killing um, reportedly bragged about it on a, an app called Tagged, which I had never heard of that app before. Me either. Right. And so the way the, the, the tip... Um, was submitted to the police is that um, this person had lured um, Adrian to an apartment complex and Adrian was subsequently shot um, and died. And uh, the premise was, um, of course, the, the person was, the way the tip was written was that it was alleged that they would hook up, but what the person intended to do was to rob Adrian. So a very tragic story. And we wanted to spend some time because this is not the first time that we have heard about um, our brothers being murdered or lured into a particular area thinking that this would be a casual connection, but it turns out to be something more. Absolutely. And I think there are so many directions that <clears throat> we can go into that we probably need to go into because this situation absolutely brings up so much for us. There's the issue of safety with regard to just, I guess, hookup apps mm -hmm. and so forth. There's also, yet again, more violence being yep. done to our community. Um, what's your take on how people are responding to this? Do you feel like there's much outrage or empathy? Like, what, what's your read on so, what's happening? 
my read on this is really interesting. So as I was preparing for the show, of course, I like to, you know, do my research and kind of this week started talking about this last week. And what I find most interesting is that what was initially reported is all that exists right now. Yes. yes. So that in itself is telling. Mm-hmm. Right. So that. Put it in perspective why this conversation was so important for us to have. So that's one thing. I don't think in the media we're having um, the conversation the way we need to about this case and, frankly, other cases. Within um, my kind of interpersonal circles, outside of the initial sharing of it, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not seeing um, as much dialogue. Now, could part of that could be we may be numb to some of these conversations but um, I'm not seeing as much activity and I'm curious to know for folks that are watching uh, we actually have the link to this case in the description box on YouTube Yeah. so um, if you're unfamiliar you can click that link but if there are folks from Houston that are watching or folks that may be familiar with the case and, and have more information, I'm curious to know what your take is. But um, not a lot of conversation about this. And that concerns me. I wonder, Charles, if we have gotten just used to these stories about us. What do y'all think about that? Do you think that we have just gotten almost numb to these stories because we maybe have heard them mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Uh, what are y'all hearing? I mean, are there conversations happening in your circles yeah. around this? I mean, I don't know if I've heard a lot about this case when I first, like when it first, when I first started seeing the reporting about it, I thought it would be much more of a big deal. Yeah. I thought there would be mobilization. I thought there would be just more outrage. I thought I would see more think pieces yeah. about what happened and I again but you know I also believe sometimes unfortunately do we find ourselves in a situation where we blame the victim Ooh. do you think there's victim blaming happening yeah I think that's such a and I do want to dive into that a bit more so I do invite uh, those of you that are watching to to chime in as well um, because I think those are important points I think this is one of those conversations that um, we have to use forums like this Um, We have to, on our personal social media, have conversations about it. Um, But I do think that part of it is um, we do go into this victim blaming. And, and, okay, I'm going to bring this personal real quick, y'all. So um, there are those times. So, I okay, so, you know, there have been times when I've been interested in meeting someone casually, right? Mm -hmm. And not told anyone where I was going or what I was doing. And the reason why I didn't tell people where I was going or what I was doing, because there was a bit of shame there. Um, And, you know, what would people, what would people say if I told people that I was interested in to meeting someone casually? Right. So I think that even, you know, even in my personal experiences, I have, um, not been as forthcoming about, you know, uh, places I may have gone or people I may have met with simply because I was afraid of what people would say. But I guess my pushback is this to me is not just about individual behavior. This isn't just about whether or not you told somebody in that, I mean, that's part of it, but I also think that when do we get to the point in our community where we 
prioritize protecting yeah. each other, yeah. where do we get to the point where we stop the victim blaming? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's political. You know, I mean, I guess that's kind of my lens, right? To bring it back to a political perspective. But, I mean, ultimately, when we're being murdered and haunted, I mean, and hunted, hunted hunted down, not hunted, but hunted. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's that's important. And I I can already imagine the defense. I mean, so, you know, there's always, like, the gay panic defense and all that. So, I don't know. But, I mean, ultimately, we have to get, we have to figure out how to protect each other. Because, I mean, you know, our lives are valuable. Absolutely. Um... This brought home for me, you know what, we've talked about, one of the things that I've learned is unlearning, so to your point, right, unlearning um, or relearning how I need to um, frame this, even for me personally, right, because it really does come to a much, it's a much larger concern than even just what's happening with Johnny individually, right? There's a reason why I feel the way I feel about the behavior that I may be interested in engaging in. And so much of that is political. And But it also brings home this very important conversation that I think we need to have about safety. Um, and one, looking after each other. And a conversation about shame. Ooh, Ashe. We as black gay men have to unlearn shame Mm -hmm. and it's not just about whether or not you you know you come out Mm -hmm. it's not just about whether or not you think you're going to hell for being gay I mean unlearning shame is such Mm -hmm. a process and I wonder if sometimes we think we we're further along in that process than we really are Yeah, I wonder and there just isn't a book that you read there isn't a set of PowerPoint slides. There isn't an essay you can read. There isn't a workshop you can go to. There isn't a, a YouTube video about unlearning shame. It's such a personal journey. Yeah. But I do believe that, and I'm not at all suggesting that there's an association between someone being ashamed of themselves and being murdered right. at all. But what I am saying is that part of, I wonder if part of what needs to happen is we have to... I think some of the respectability politics that happen mm-hmm. in situations like this, the reason why so many of us may not be willing to talk about this or have urgency around it is that there is a sense of shame of, around what happened. Like, Absolutely. is it that some victims of violence are more credible than other victims? Mm-hmm. Is it that we believe that some victims of homophobic violence, and this is absolutely about homophobic violence, are we saying that some victims of homophobic violence are more worthy than other victims? Yeah. And if sex is involved... Does that somehow make someone less worthy? Yeah. You know, not to drag, I don't like speaking off camera, but not to drag someone like Jesse back into the conversation, mm-hmm. but part of the problem was how quickly everyone was to, like, as soon as we heard about it, Jump. everyone jumped to, oh, he must he must have been yeah. out. Yes. Not everybody. Right. This is true. I was on the record. <laughs> yes, Charles. Jesse, I was on the record from day one. You were. That... He, you know, Alvin brought up the just brought up Jesse Smollett, and yeah, again, it, initially there was this. He reported, and this isn't a forum to debate or right. relitigate that right. case. But when we first learned about Jesse Smollett, when there wasn't even much reporting, there hadn't been an investigation yet. There were people saying yes. that it must have had something to do with something salacious, correct, or something 
Um, he was doing something. It was yes. something about like a sex thing. A hookup, right. And I wonder, and this is when he's reporting significant violence, right? right? So he's talking about he was just attacked. Mm-hmm. Homophobic violence, but people took it to like this. He's not credible. And so what am I getting what I'm getting at? What I'm getting at is that maybe part of how homophobia works is that it it not only robs robs people of their empathy and compassion, mm-hmm. but it also seeks to take away our credibility. So if I report homophobic violence, you immediately start not interrogating right. the person that perpetuated the violence. You start inter- what's your yep. question? Yeah. Interrogating me. No, this is no, this is perfect because, and thank you all so much for chiming chiming in. in. We have, so, and I think this gets right to your point, Charles. So Quentin, thank you so much, Quentin, for this. Shame is such a, hello, (laughs) shame is. We got to get you back on here, Quentin. I know, right? Dr. Q. (laughs) Um, Shame is such a powerful, but also uh, disabling emotion. Overcoming it is an absolute process, right? Mm. And I want to come back to that. Um, the Epic 1976. Thank you for joining us. I know you missed us last week and you are here. Thank you so much. Um, there is so much that I can say about these scenarios. I reside in the state of Mississippi and we've had several cases mm. where hookups have gone tragically bad. Working in LE, it's interesting to see how officers investigate these cases. So, um, and I'm going to go to my last comment, but then I want to kind of circle back. Um, and then Jay Moore, hey Jay, um, a lot of that happening here in New Orleans also with mm. the trans community. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. okay, so a couple of things. Um, I want to go to the Epic 1976's comment because one of the interesting thing, and by Ellie, he meant law enforcement. Thank you so much. Um, One of the things that I found interesting as I was doing the research, getting ready for the show, is I did expect there to be a lot more robust reporting around this. And so I am curious to know in Houston if folks are aware how the police are investigating this. Um, Because right now, all we know that there there was an informant Mm -hmm. that happened to be talking to the alleged killer on the app, and that's how they learned about it. So I am curious. So if there are folks who are watching from Houston or know any more information, I do want to learn more because I do think there is... um, the, the sense that I sometimes get with these cases, and it goes back to, um, I think, how folks see um, black gay folks who report who, who are victims of violence. Um, I, I don't know that I always feel like it is getting its just due. I'm also wondering about your experiences with hookup apps. Have you had an experience where you felt unsafe? Have you had an experience where, like where you might have met somebody online or on an app and in that course of, you know, the experience, or maybe you were going to go over there and something told you not yeah. to, or maybe you got there and it just didn't feel right, yeah. or maybe you actually went there and something went down. Yeah. Uh, if you have stories like that, feel free to share. Absolutely. You know? couple of things. Thank you all so much for joining. If you are just joining us, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button to subscribe to our videos and also make sure that you hit the like button as well and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for joining us for Revolutionary Health. You know, Johnny, part of what this makes me think about is black gay boys are not 
coached or talked nope. about sex with. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about, like, comprehensive sex ed, and I think that's one part of the biological aspects of sexuality. Mm-hmm. But part of sex ed is also about navigating these waters. Like, we yep. don't... I don't know... And many of us don't have those experiences, nope. right? Or we get a lot of bad advice. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perhaps well-meaning, but right. not always great advice. But I'm also wondering about... And I, just, I mean, black gay boys, certainly, but also even people that are new to the community, because we also yeah. realize that, you know, some folks might come to a self-awareness or a sexual, sexual identity later in life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do we sit down and have the talk? Like, these yep. are some of the things. This is how you do this. You're right. Um, these are the rules of navigating. And not to say, and again, I'm not, I guess it might sound like I'm talking about two things. I'm not at all letting murderers off the hook. No. Right. At all. We recognize that there are people that prey on our community yep. and they need to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I also believe that we need to talk to each other about how we navigate these kinds of Absolutely. situations. I, I, and I think I've told you this story before. I completely credit, and Bernard, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to come back to your comment in a second. Um, I completely credit my ability to sit right here in this chair with the fact that a black gay man a year younger than me who I grew up with pulled me to the side Mm. and gave me the, okay, well, if this is a thing that you're going to do, here's how you do this. One, he was, and he said this, he was like, I know you. So, if this is what you're going to do, let me give you some tips. What did he tell you? And so, the way the situation... So, the scenario... Well, okay. So, (laughs) the scenario that I was in was I had ended up... You know, when you're you're first Mm -hmm. coming out, like, you have kind of your entry point. Mm -hmm. And mine was going to a house party. A kickback. And I have so many traumatic experiences with kickbacks. This one was actually good. It was my first time. I was young and tender. And I went to the (laughs) kickback, right? And I was nervous as hell. But I went. And... I have a very unique name. So <laughs> it got back to him, and this is in Philly. It got back to him that, hey, this guy named Johnny Cornegay from Chester, PA, showed up. It had. I'm wait, the only wait, wait. How did you get your first and last name at the house party? Because we were chatting. Like it was a kickback. You gave so first people was, yeah. You know, these are people that knew friends of my friends. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You would better be, I would give an alien. Right. Like, I'm like, but. I'm Sean. So, so I, I end up at this place. We have a great time. And the only thing he wanted me to know was okay, here are some of the people who were also in that room. Um, and here are some of the things within the community that you need to look out for. And this is no reflection upon like everybody that was there. It was just the fact that I was there and he knew some other people, right? So he wanted me to be have an idea. But what he also did was he scooped me up under his wing and we would get in the car and we would drive down to the neighborhood and he would point out things and he would point out individuals and, and talk about his experiences. So he wasn't like... But how, how old were you? I was, so this is 97, so I was like 20. See, I'm I'm thinking the conversations should probably even happen. I agree. Earlier. I agree. Yeah. It was, it just so happens that that was the point I mean, they could have found someone that right. could be supportive. Right. And I uh-huh. agree that they should happen sooner. And I am so, I'm forever grateful mm. for Calvin. Hey, Calvin. 
He's, I told him this. Okay. I'm forever grateful for him doing that. And so when we have this conversation about safety and taking care of one another, I think I'm fortunate to have had that. I want to bring in some comments. Yeah, the comments are really they going are. on. So yeah, bring Thank in the comments. Thank y'all. So Bernard, hey Bernard. We love hey <laughs> we love the idea and convenience of the hookup, but simultaneously feel shame and guilt about doing it. Why do you think that is, Bernard? Like, I'm why curious. do you, yeah, Bernard? Like, or and I guess others. Like, why do you mm. think we feel? I mean, is there a sense of shame around hooking up? If so, like, why? Why do? Where do you think the shame comes from? Absolutely. And John, thank you so much, John, for this comment. I haven't hooked up in many years, so before apps. Currently, I usually go to where the sex is, um, sex club, etc., and leave it there. I fortunately haven't felt threatened when I did hook up in years past. Mm. Thank you so much for that comment. Thank you, John. Oh, that's um, also John. a comment by Jay. Jay. Perfect. Let me see. Did I? Oh, Jay. Yeah. Missed that one. Hey, Jay. Um, wow. I was catfished once years ago. Drove three hours to meet him, get there, and it was someone totally mm. different from whom I had been chatting with. I was young, and it was very frightening. I can't even imagine yeah. Jay yeah. having that conversation, having that experience. Um, yeah, I, I going back to Bernard's comment. I know that for me, um, we talked about this earlier. I think there is this, there is a rush from doing something that's like a little bit, um, or at least in my experience, I felt like a little bit of a rush from doing something that's like, ooh, this is a thing that I probably shouldn't be doing and this is a little scary. Um, but at the same time, it's like, uh, how do I balance? Like, <laughs> And also, I also wonder, and okay, so I, I want to hold space for affirming the right for people to, to get pleasure and sex how, however it feels right for them. Like, I want to hold space for that. I also recognize that I think many of us maybe feel really isolated. I think a mm -hmm. lot of us are looking for ways to connect. Oof. And that's maybe where we're seeking it. Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder to what degree does that maybe drive? Like, is it, in, does it create a sort of... Um, I almost want to say, does it is it this does it create like disinhibition the the drive for like to not be lonely to not feel disconnected yeah. to want to connect to other people, um, and and also in, in a lot of you know cities where there are like thriving thriving gay communities black Absolutely. gay communities I mean there's still like a lot of folks that feel really disconnected Absolutely. so just like because you know like the the drama of like start I mean how many oh my gosh how many people do you know you know, they'll, they'll be on the apps, they'll have profiles and all mm -hmm. that, then they'll very dramatically delete the apps, and I'm right. not going to do that, and then a week later, then you're back it's on like, the app, you get back, right? on, you know, and I mean, and I'm not making fun of, but I no. realize that there's a very real need that people have to feel connected, connected, and yet, I don't know if that need is being met yep. in and a lot of places. And, and connected when folks want to feel, want to, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, some of our we don't know. We all have different patterns of when we need people, right, mm. to hold, to to be with us or to hold us. And um, but that's also, I think, the one thing that we share. Like my belief is, and y'all could argue with me in the comments, regardless of class background or educational level or walk of life or religion. I feel like one of the experiences that we as Black gay men shares a desire to feel connected, to, to feel connected, a desire for human connection. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can always talk about relationships and dating. Yep. Regardless of the walk of life, that's one thing that we can, like, kind of relate to. Yeah. 
Um, and I see Bernard says, Charles, we still don't feel or desire our desires valid or worthy. Yep. I think there is internalized homophobia. Isolation is real. Yeah. Absolutely, Bernard. Yes. Absolutely agree. Um, a couple of things. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit also subscribe. hit the like button. <laughs> um, and also, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, thank you all so much for being so active with us and, and engaging. Um, Charles, I want to... Don't put me on the spot now. No, I'm not going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I want to, uh, so I, I immediately think about, okay, what are some ways that um, we take care of we take care of ourselves, right? So um, I want you to mill on this because I want to engage the audience. What are some tips um, and things that you would like to leave? So one of the beautiful things about Revolutionary Health is the things that you type here, the things that happen on this show, stay here as long as the video is here. So um, this is your opportunity to leave a message so that someone can learn from it. So what are ways that you have um, learned to kind of take care um, uh, of yourself and your safety um, when engaging? So I'm gonna open up that conversation. And I think for me, um, one of the things has been unlearning, I think unlearning shame personally has been the biggest deterrent because then I'm able to talk about my desires with the people closest to me. And if I can talk about my desires with the people closest to me, then I know that um, they're also looking out. Do you think we as black gay men, when we leave one closet and we enter activism, we go into another closet? Absolutely. Because it's one thing Absolutely. to be out about being gay, like, but then it's like, well, what about some of the other parts of ourselves? Yep. And I do wonder if respectability politics, and I, it's so funny because whatever, becomes another closet that we end up finding ourselves in because we have a certain image. Yeah. You know, at, you know I love, love my city. I yeah. love Atlanta, but Atlanta, like a lot of, you know, it's a, people want to put forth a certain image. Yeah. It's a very image conscious place. And I wonder if in our desire to project a certain image, if we end up finding ourselves in the closet yeah. um, of sorts. Yeah. The other thing that, what I want to do different, mm -hmm. so we've had this conversation before mm -hmm. where violence happens in the context of hookup culture. And we will have a conversation about very individual things that someone can do mm -hmm. if they want to hook up. So we'll say things like, oh, you should talk to your friends mm -hmm. or you should let someone know. I want to, I want us to, to do that. I want us to definitely talk about the things that we can do individually but I'm also wondering what are some things that we can do as a community to protect mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. So why is the on, why is it just on the individual that is mm -hmm. hooking up to protect? Like, are there community based? Like, how do we, as Black gay men and allies, protect each other? Yeah. Um, particularly in the context of because we have a right to be sexual. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I want to, us to please uh, with your comments. Um, anything that you have as a reaction. I want to bring in a comment from John. I feel not just a need to be connected, but also desired. Not just in ma not in mass, but by someone also connected to the black LGBT community at large. Thank you so much, John. Um, Jay just commented, it's tough without having to divulge your business to people who ask around about a particular individual you've met. Yes, thank you so much, Jay. And Quentin, um, Brene Brown has an amazing YouTube video on shame. It helped me focus on my understanding around my own shame. Um, thank you so much for that, Quentin, and we'll thank definitely you. look for that um, video. And then, Quentin, if you have a link to that video and can drop yeah, it please in post the it. comments, we would love that there as well. 
I mean, personally, I I don't think a learning shame is a destination. I think it's a process. <laughs> I think it's a muscle that you have to constantly exercise. Mm-hmm. I think there are areas in our lives where we may have done a better job of learning some of the shame than the other parts. And sometimes you learn new stuff. Mm-hmm. I think how you choose to manage information mm-hmm. is, a, is can be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know if we ever completely get there. I think that it's a, it's a process. You have to, and you have to work on it. I mean, I, and you know, because we're in this culture where we're like always behind a monitor, we're always on yeah. the go. And sometimes it's hard to step back and just be introspective and, yep. and really think about well, how do I feed into myself and how do I like what does it really mean to try to unlearn some of this stuff. Yeah. This is a um, thank you so much, Conrad, for joining us. Um, and we have a comment. Um, but we're assuming a lot of us have relationship skills. Many Uh-oh. of us don't. <laughs> we are so busy surviving. Mm. And Thank for good you. reason. Yeah. And for good reason. Um, yeah. So, and, and Charles, I think going back to your um, your kind of charge to all of us, I think, one, spaces that we're able to create mm-hmm. um, for our communities wherever we reside is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, places... You know, I think there's this, the, we often get into this narrative, and we've talked about this before, where um, we create this online community and that's enough. But what we also know is that when we're able to commune with one another and sit and talk and just be with community, it's a whole different thing. Mm, absolutely. Um, Deidre, um, thank you so much, Deidre, for joining us. Hey, <laughs> how does a parent, oh, Thank you so much for this. How does a parent prepare their young gay son on this issue, especially if said parent has never done an online hookup? Any tips to share on safety? Deidre, thank you so much for this. That is the question. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to call on the community as well. Mm -hmm. Please leave your tips for um, for Deidre um, because that is an important question. I will say... One of the things, the reality is so much of the things that I've learned, I have learned on, you know, I've learned, fortunately I had Calvin there, right, to give me, you know, the starting, right? But there's so much stuff that I learned on my own. Uh, but I think this goes back to your question earlier, kind of your charge for us too, Charles, is how do we, um, how do we have these spaces where, um, young people can come and get this information if they are, and parents can be able to say, hey, go here, um, because I'm not as familiar with this. Um, so this is, a, that's an amazing question, um, Deidre, and I think um, I want to bring in the community for that um, as well to chime in. I think two of my reactions to that, and thank you so much for that question. That's exactly why we want, part of why we want to have this, this conversation. Show? One, I would say, just being a sounding board, just being available, not just to provide information, but just being available to to, to, to listen yeah. and to build trust where your son feels like he can talk to you, maybe even about some, some delicate stuff. Right. The other thing is that <laughs> we, we have to create a world where straight men don't feel like they can murder us just because right. for sport. Right. Um, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, we we still haven't created a world where straight men don't, or straight people, I mean, I, mm-hmm. 
whoever, like that we're not murdered for sport. And so again, whereas you can have all the you can have all the great safety tips around hooking up that you mm-hmm. want to, but if someone's trying to take your life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, so I, I just think that we have to hold that space too. I agree. Um, so we have a couple more comments um, before we begin to. And Al- Alvin's letting us know it's yeah it's time <laughs> before we begin to wrap. Um, so a couple of things I want to say as well. Um, thank you all so much for being so thank active you. with us, and we want to continue this conversation, right? So don't let it stop here. So mm-hmm. as if you are watching this video, um, and you or you come back to it. Put something in the comments and keep this dialogue going. Keep it like, going, It absolutely. doesn't stop here just because we're not live. But I want to bring in a, the last two comments. Um, so, John, this is a, a tip. It looks like, thank you so much, John, for sharing. I don't go to someone else's personal space, and I don't let anyone come to my home. I go to um, a sex-safe space instead. Community can actively state it's okay to seek um, sex for sex sake, and I love sex. Thank you so much, John, for your honesty and bringing that into the space. The Epic 1976, when my friends hook up, they usually run the information by me, and I will research the person they are chatting with. I've discovered many murderers and violent offenders on these popular apps. Wow. Thank you so much for that important work as well, um, the Epic 1976. And Jay responding to Deidre. Um, this is a tough one, Deidre. If you show that you're against it, um, they may go behind your back and do it secretly. If you are open to it, um, it may give them the okay. Um, it may give them the okay to be consumed with it. Um, so thank you, Jay, for um, chatting with Deidre. And um, we're going to keep this conversation going. Absolutely. I, I want to um, take a moment to say thank you Thank you, Charles, for coming back. Thank you, <laughs> For coming back. And um, so, two things. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the Counter Narratives YouTube page and hit the like button for this video. And make sure that you go and share it with your folks on social media and make sure that they come and subscribe and they like it. Um, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Counter Narrative Project, on Instagram at The Counter Narrative, and on Twitter at Building Desire. I want to thank all of you for joining us for Revolutionary Health this week. Come back next week. So we'll be back um, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Common just, um, uh, you know, had an amazing... his revelation about childhood sexual abuse. Yes. Um, and uh, we are going to dive into that story next, next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So please come back to join us um, here, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. We look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for joining us for Revolutionary Health. And have a wonderful evening. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>